Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Final hours here, Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. We say hello to you in Florence, Alabama, Knoxville, Tennessee, and beyond. And, of course, you can find the podcast anywhere you download your podcast. You can also go to Outkick.com, click on podcast. We're there as well. All the audio lives there. Big final hour. Clay Travis will join us live from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw and Old Smoky Moonshine. That will be in 15 minutes. We'll talk SEC and much more. We're going to do that here as well. We had a brief momentary hookup, uh, uh, hiccup, I should say, with the podcast on Monday, but I'm here to tell you we are back. We're back, baby. TJ's We're back crushed all it. over podcast. Wherever you go to get it, you can find Outkick 360. Search for us there. Haven't said this in a while also. If you watch on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube. Hit that thumbs up button. You'll get an alert every time we go live, and we thank you however you consume this show, whether it be audibly or visibly, <laughs> however, consumption. we thank you. Consumption is key. Um, Paul, before we get to the SEC topics, let's continue uh, on one Titans note um, and, and just discuss uh, well, a couple of things. First, um, Bud Dupree. We, we've glossed over his injury. where he, you know, He's coming back from the ACL. They're slow playing that. That's no surprise, really, that they're slow playing. It's just odd that he's active and not playing. And so when, yet another peculiar thing about yeah. Sunday. With the so Julio it's Jones. not that we're shocked that Julio Jones may miss practices during the season, right? We're not shocked that Bud Dupree is not participating as much as people may have expected him to on the big contract in the first month of the season because he suffered the ACL injury in December of last year. The recovery is going to take time, right? But the, the, the question is, why is he active if he's not playing, especially whenever they – had a pass rusher go down. Yeah, and it, it's pretty unheard of for this game day. It used to be 45. It's 48 now. Coaches constantly talk about the super value in one of these spots. Josh Reynolds was inactive, right, on a day where, you know, you didn't know that A.J. Brown was going to get hurt. You didn't know that Julio Jones was going to But inactive because of special teams. That's what they say. But, yeah, but they say, well, Josh Reynolds was inactive because he, he couldn't outbattle these other – bottom of the group guys right. with a special teams role. But Bud Dupree could be active with zero role? Yeah, it was, it's weird. It's weird. And and so, you and I – I mean, I tweeted out before the game. I see him warming here. up, and I'm thinking, is this the game we actually see Bud Dupree make an appearance in the backfield? But yeah, because and he got, hasn't done anything. He, he, looks, he looks slow, and he's not – Ola Adeni right, he's, is he's, the he's, star of the pass rusher so far. Harold Landry's played quite well, but – Ola leads the Titans with two and a half sacks. He had another sack that came off the board. And there are he almost ended a game, overtime game, with a, with a safety. And he's played 40 defensive snaps. That's a hell of an output. Um, and there are signs we look for, telltale signs, of a player and whether or not they're going to play. Uh, they come out around 9.30, sometimes a little earlier than that if they're really banged up. 9.30, 10 o'clock, and actives are in by 10.30 for a noon kickoff central time. And you can see the trainers. You can see Brabel, Robinson, others. They'll go over and, and watch a single player warm up and then decide if they're active or inactive, if they're really close. Um, they're, they're doing that with Awan, for instance. They're not doing that with Bud Dupree. He was warming up. 
just like you would watch any player warm Regular up, warm just up. like Ola Denny warmed up. Yeah. Um, and, and I I observed that, noticed at 10:30 he's not inactive because he was questionable. And then you think to yourself, oh, is this the game where we see him get the backfield because it's a banged up indie offensive line and a hobbled quarterback who couldn't move, and he didn't get a single snap. And so you and I have pieced together. Um, he has per game bonuses, Bud Dupree. And so uh, this is not big in the context of, of Bud Dupree's salary, right? Bud Dupree signed a five-year, $82.5 million contract in March. Uh, he's got a $16 million signing bonus in his pocket. He gets $35 million guaranteed. But he gets $15,625 per active game. That maxes out at $250,000. That's 16 of the 17 games. So it's still on the old structure. Yeah. Um, so he can miss one game and still nice, max out this thing. It's a very considerate so he made, the, a gesture on the Titans' part to keep him active, knowing that they didn't really want to play him. Yeah, I'm told that wasn't the motivation. But it's a weird thing, and I believe that. But it's still a weird thing to have an active guy who you have no intention of playing. It's it's a it's and for a it nice, to be Bud Dupree, why wasn't it Josh Reynolds? If that's true, it's well, a nice. What's thing. his per game? What's yeah. his per game bonus? Yeah, I'll go look. <laughs> Probably enough to get a new car that he can do a media availability from. <laughs> you, while that, driving. You're never gonna let that one go. Uh, I love that you have that. things. Caleb Farley did the same uh, thing. I'm like, just it's immediate turn off. Like, oh boy, th- these guys don't care. All right, good to know. Um, <laughs> It's, it's a nice gesture from the Titans. It's completely against the spirit of an active clause in your contract. The oh, active yeah. clause is you're active in playing. It's not, hey, we're going to give you a break, buddy, and put you on the active roster. You're not going to play, though. Don't worry. We're going we're gonna to hold that spot for you so you can make sure you can put a uniform on. If you can physically stand on the sideline, you're going to get a bonus for that game. The spirit of the clause is you're active in playing. Well, it's just a way to throw in extra money on the back end of a deal. If um, if you're trying to get cer- certain money situated for a cap, yeah, right. It's just pocketing money for guys who you know they're going to be active. So go ahead and max out on the 250k, and here's a and, game to get you uh, there. Well, that's the great. I would still mechanism. prefer you know, however you backdoor deals to get things done with the cap. I'd prefer my active players be eligible to play in the game well, if they're wearing a uniform. Play. Not just play. be eligible. He was eligible. You you want him to play. Well, right. But I'm saying there are some backups who may not play, but they're available to go in if someone's injured. I, I don't. Well, there are very few people in an NFL game who don't play because you're right. either a starter or who plays teams. or a special teamer. So that did not play thing is usually just the names of the inactive guy. Or the backup quarterback. And the backup quarterback. Corey Davis has uh, talked briefly, and I'll explain the, the brevity of it. Um, about the Titans not making a uh, attempt to bring him back. Uh, he was asked if that bothered him, because, of course, he plays for the Jets now. Um, and he, by the way, um, is doing fine. Uh, Julio Jones has nearly matched Corey Davis's numbers, receiving numbers, from the start of last year through three games. Corey had just a handful of yards more. Um, where they're really missing is John U and his numbers. But I digress. Um, he says... Uh, Connor Hughes covers the Jets. He says, uh, Corey Davis says the Titans did not make any effort to retain him in free agency. Asked if that bothered him, the quote, little bit, end quote, <laughs> little bit. Well, that sounds like Corey. Also, I'd come out and throw it to him immediately. To Corey Davis, if you're, yeah. if you're the Jets. Yeah, I would too. I'm sure he's going to have a chip on his shoulder in this game. 
that if you gave him truth serum and he gave you the full answer to that question, say, well, actually, it's a lot because I now play for the Jets. So that's part of the problem here. He also got paid. Good for him. Yeah. Um, and it worked he out with the Titans. They ended up with Julio. Uh, look, he had a I, great season. I wouldn't have paid him what the Jets paid him. So, look, I think the Titans, uh, let's, let's smooth this conversation. Bothers him a little bit, but I think the Titans aren't wasting his time by bringing him an offer that they know is going to be really conked over the head by what a team like the Jets, or I can't remember who else, was mentioned as Corey Davis suitors. But the Titans know. Like, here's the, Corey Hutton, here's the offer I'm going to give you that's going to wind up really insulting you because we know the Jets are about to come to you and give you something that makes this look like an insult. So what insult would we rather give you? We're not going to come to you with something that's going to piss you off, or we're going to come to you with something that's going to piss well, you I off. Think we I, know you're about to hit the jackpot. I think what he's saying is at the end of his, the year going into the contract year. Well, they didn't do exercise his bonus. Uh, exactly. So th- that was, the sing- th- that that was, was the- them saying they're not bringing him back. And then he performed well last year. I mean, he, he did. And he, he, yeah, he had a very good season. year, which set himself up to 12, get the very good contract. He has 12 catches, 146 yards, and two touchdowns through three weeks for the He's Jets. He's a good player. He's not a fantastic player. He's not worth the contract he got from the Jets. And that's how the Jets get themselves right. in trouble consistently by giving out contracts. But, but, like but we can get into this tomorrow uh, in, in, in long-form fashion. The contract he's not worth, you could, uh, I'm with you. He and Jonu Smith together in this offense are worth something. And we should also lump in Adam Humphreys here. That, to begin the season last year, the Titans actually had a workable third option who was producing to go on top of the touchdowns and the yards. Corey had 206 yards through three weeks last year. Well, they have a workable third option now. The trouble is their workable third option now is not is like really this. like a second option. Chester Rogers had, is getting the ball and, and targeting too much. But they had, they had four receivers last year through three weeks that had over 100 yards receiving on the season. They have two right now, and one of them's Derrick Henry. That's yeah. an issue. No, that's that's an issue. The other one's Julio Jones. But also guys are falling out. You know, so the, the, the snap counts of those guys from last year versus the snap counts of the guys from this year, I'm sure don't line up because it's still uh, a, it's still a big gap between yeah. four to now one that's active in Derrick Henry. Yeah, no, it's a problem. Because Julio and, and Jones, we don't, the, we don't know with the hamstring. And then one of the guys you brought in, counting on him to have those snaps, has been – But they're 2-1. and, one. and, they, and like they, they survived it. Like right. They survived the offensive line issues towards the middle of the year last year. It's like they, they're, and now they get the benefit of the schedule. And look, they're, right. they'll, they're going to survive the next two weeks. I firmly believe that. But if they don't get right in these next two weeks, they're not surviving that next stretch. They're not. They're just not good enough if they don't get better and figure some things out and get guys healthy. Yeah, it's it's it just seems so early to be having that get healthy conversation. But again, but ultimately the issue is the, the two injuries, sucks. the injuries, the two injuries being at the same position and being those two guys, those two guys. is the issue. Otherwise, we're not really talking about it. And really, their num- we we should say it's really their top three because Marcus Marcus Johnson would be the third guy based on the way what he, he did performed in camp. camp, and he went to IR. Yeah, he right, and so Chester they, Rogers. He's not know, the number three, but, it, but you know, you get my point. Like yeah. they're they're down their top three to where. Uh, congrats to to Rex Road. Uh, yeah. Westbrook Akina is now the number two option. <laughs> I mean, it took a, some he injuries to the get there, one, but he's there. He might be the number one option on Sunday. I mean, hey, outside was, Chester he, Rogers is inside. He was playing well, other than that costly turnover. Number one, the fumble was the one. I mean, before that, I'm thinking, boy, you know, this Westbrook Akina, maybe he is number two material. And then he fumbles, and I think, oh, that's that's why he's not. 
Yeah. No, it, he's getting a lot of good reviews because he played all three positions um, on Sunday. Yeah. And that's what you need a guy in that spot to do. Look, we're not ripping on well, Nick Westbrook-Akina. He's done good work. The fumble was bad. The very, touchdown was good. I think it's more difficult than what uh, many give credit for for that that role player. So Yeah, that's a tough he's, role. He's not playing just three positions. He could be playing any of the three positions on any given snap based on the personnel. So he's got to know absolutely so, everything there is to Right. Know. So if uh, if McNichols is in with uh, two tight ends, what's his – What's his? is he the X? Is he the Y? Is he the F? Or if, if – uh, Rodgers checks in, then he would be the F, but now he's the Y. Right. Like, there's so many different aspects to it that he's got to filter through. You got to be that smart. That a lot of, quite frankly, a lot of number one options in college don't have to do anymore. Yeah. Or some, some you know, maybe aren't capable of doing that also. Sure. I mean, it takes a special player to be able to do that. And also, I'm not begrudging anything with Nick Westbrook-Akina because he's available to play on Sundays, which with this receiving crew right now is important. He's he's eligible. He's not hurt. He's out there. He's playing snaps. So that's a good thing right now. And for you're the not and you're not just touching on Brown and Jones there. You're touching on Reynolds. Yes. Oh, for sure. Not just injury related. I'm saying makes the the the, the game day roster and play snaps on that special teams silly, as well as receivers. But it's a valuable commodity right now for Titans receivers. Yeah, he's a good special teamer, Nick Westbrook. Coming up, we'll talk SEC football and beyond as the Outkick the Tailgate uh, hits Tuscaloosa on Saturday. We will be following Outkick and Fox and Clay down to Tuscaloosa. Uh, Chad, you've, you've dubbed this the Joey Freshwater Tour at Industry. This is the Joey Freshwater Bowl uh, between Bama and Ole Miss. It's the, now it's the, it's the annual. Last year was the first annual. This is the second annual Joey Freshwater Bowl in Tuscaloosa. The line opened at 21. Down to 14. We'll discuss Last where Clay's going with You're his You're going to be with this. very young people in Tuscaloosa. Everyone uh, on this panel other than Paul is going to be with very young people this and weekend. And I am going to be with places. very old people. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to be with two 90-year-olds in uh, central New Jersey, my beloved parents. We service all ages on the show. <laughs> all ages from birth to death, the full gamut. You get it I all right here. look forward to the FaceTime, the triple uh, Not FaceTime. wishing death on your parents, Paul, <laughs> by the way. The, with the triple chug. FaceTime. Uh, I don't know. No if death I'll be on allowed, the bachelor I don't, party I don't either. know if I'll be allowed to watch college football if we're no getting in the way of my parents' <laughs> stories. <laughs> Coming up, Clay Travis joins us from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine, next on Outkick 360. Outkick, in my mind, should be live from 6 a.m. Eastern all the way till roughly 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern every day. And the reason why that time frame to me makes sense is people start off their day. You then can go at 7 p.m. Eastern into the nightly sports events, whatever's taking place then. Uh, but to me, with the Outkick website, you should be able to go in and get live streaming video all day long, 13 hours of us talking about whatever the news of the day is. Absolutely. And so uh, I think we're continuing to advance. Uh, I'm things always move slower than I want them to move. Uh, but, uh, I think the overall trajectory is, is really a positive place. And if you think about the fall, just in general, I mean, the bus is pretty crazy to be on the bus tour. And I think about it from the context of 15 years ago when I wrote Dixieland Delight, I did that without a single press credential or anything else. And we're going to be set up at, uh, at the uh, Innisfree this weekend for the Ole Miss-Alabama game, and we'll have hundreds of people there to come hang out and watch the events that uh, that we're doing. Next week we'll be in uh, at Texas A&M 
And so there's a lot of really good momentum for much of the content that we're doing. And uh, it's pretty exciting. I mean, we've got the biggest radio show in the country. We've got a bus tour going on. And soon well, I think we'll have a 13-hour uh, daily live programming. Sorry to interrupt you. Did, did the uh, Chad, does the show drop? Clay might even know. Did, does the going deep it and was, play Travis drop today? Uh, Thursday. It, it was initially going to drop on Thursday. I think now they're going to buff it back to the early part of next week. I'll show you guys. They this. had to edit me and Hutton out of yeah. it. The, the editing. I'll show you guys the sizzle reel that I just got sent to me, which is <laughs> pretty, which is pretty phenomenal. Um, when we finish the commercial break, I can't share it yet publicly, but I think it's gonna I, be I really good. I asked Kyle for advanced copy, and I feel like he's just buried me in this thing because he won't send it to me. You'll see it when it's out. So there's gonna be four 45-minute episodes, so three total hours of the road trip, which is pretty crazy. I mean, I was I was trying to calculate it the other day. I've got like six or seven different shows going on. Uh, simultaneously, and I think this one's going to turn out really good, but it's it's taken a lot of time. Well, you should, you, you, sorry, Hutton, go ahead. The, the one more addition to the network is Dan Dockich. He was yeah, in I'm here earlier this that. week. He came on Monday and yeah, announced made he was the announcement. Us, right? That's huge. Yeah, I need to get him to get more active on social media. Did he delete his Twitter account? He deleted his Twitter. Twitter account. Yeah, I told him to try to get his Twitter account back. Um, and look, <laughs> I mean, my posi- I think you get up to a year to get your account back if you delete it or whatever, but my position on that is, if you don't want to read the mentions, fine, but it's a good distribution vehicle to make people aware of what you're doing. And I don't spend really any time reading the mentions uh, because it's not particularly productive. But if I want to say, hey, we're going to be doing an event in uh, at Ole Miss uh, or, at, or at or Alabama or Texas A&M or wherever we are, like that's a great opportunity to advertise. So uh, I just think everybody – should be using it as a promotional vehicle to the best of their ability. Clay, I feel like you spend so much of your life in your complex uh, south of Nashville. <laughs> Everything rotates it's around it. You've got your own studio. It's almost you a do compound, your show yeah. there. Yeah, it's it's all it's like a campus that you live on. Uh, how much are you enjoying the bus tour because it is a departure once a week from you just being on your compound and broadcasting? I don't. I mean, so I don't necessarily love traveling. Um, personally, I mean, I like being out and about and getting to see everybody, but by the time the bus tour is finished, I will have worked when you roll in August, September, October, November, a series of, I don't know, like 90 hour weeks. I I just so much work. I mean, seven days a week. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, getting, away on the road just makes that job that much more challenging in many ways. So uh, I like it because I like to go out and see people and I like it because um, uh, because it's cool, I think, branding opportunity. But in terms of just work, I'll be excited when the college football season is over. I'm already trying to think about where we're going to go during Christmas vacation. Um, I want to kind of get away uh, for a little bit of time because it's just been, I mean, I know 2020 was crazy in and of itself, but we had so much going on this year in terms of getting out kicks sold, the amount of work that all these different states launching sports gambling has been, all the different shows uh, and all the different details. I always say like there are very few times I get a call or a text and it's somebody saying, hey, this is going so much better than you could have ever <laughs> anticipated. Uh, when you manage things or when you're a dad or a mom or whatever else uh, in your life, like nobody ever comes to me and says, hey, guess what? 
there's a million dollars you guys just made that you never thought you were going to make. It's always like, hey, the, the water heater flooded or the <laughs> Twitter feed's not working or somebody did something stupid and now we got to figure out what to do with it. So um, it's very little in a day-to-day basis, I guess what I'm saying, where people come to you and you know the day that you started has some unexpected awesomeness where your life gets easier. There's just one challenge after another, which I like, but it's kind of never-ending. Well, you really love your son. Uh, I know that <laughs> now because by, uh, well, uh, let me yeah. let me get to that because not all of your sons are Braves fans, and you took on the Braves and you've been watching Braves games and tweeting about them. Yeah. because you love your son so much, that's real sacrifice. As Arctic a lifelong Braves fan. You're only going to be disappointed, and this is true sacrifice from a parent. When I have control of things, they tend to go well. When I don't have any control, it's just an abject disaster. And I think that's the toughest thing about being a fan of the Titans of the University of Tennessee and now of the Atlanta Braves is I just have to sit back and watch other people determine what my emotions are going to be like. And I hate giving other people control over uh, over the way that I feel, especially when sometimes there's a lot of incompetence involved in that. Clay Travis with us. Uh, you can join us if you're in the Tuscaloosa area uh, in Alabama. If you're going to Ole Miss, Alabama, we will be there at Innisfree. Uh, are we filming there Friday night as well? Do we know? I know you're in Birmingham. Uh, are we filming the show We're doing Friday? a radio show. Uh, yeah, I think we're filming a lot of stuff. Okay, Friday. so join us at Industry Friday night and then early I mean, Saturday I've got morning. To do Clay Fox. doesn't even know where he's staying. Uh, well, I, I don't know I, the hotel that I'm in. Friday night in Gainesville, yeah. I, I asked Clay, we see him at 8 o'clock at the bar to film this this documentary. And I say, oh, where he asked where we're staying. Where are you staying? I have no idea. I have, haven't been there we yet. We get picked up, and then we're like, oh, Clay is this. Yeah, it, I checked it's time it, to get mic'd up. Usually you know? I check into the hotel around 1030 or 11 at night after we've been working all day, and I genuinely have no idea where I'm going. I know that Friday – we're driving into Birmingham. I'm doing the radio show from a Birmingham affiliate from 11 to 2. I'm getting picked up immediately when at 2 o'clock to drive to Tuscaloosa to do Fox Bet Live at 4. And then I agreed to do like a half-hour interview with one of our friends, Lance Taylor, who has a successful radio show and uh, company in Alabama. And then we'll be out and about uh, doing Fox Nation show until I would imagine 10 or 11. And then... I'll go to the hotel. I'll wake up early the next morning to go do the tailgate and hang out there all day, and uh, hopefully I'll get back to Nashville around midnight. Uh, Katie Nolan's out of a job at ESPN. What, what do you make of, uh, of a lot of the, the people who've lost their jobs now at ESPN and, and the direction there, and specifically the direction that where Katie Nolan should go next? Someone they invested a lot of money in and gave her one show and then stopped it, and then there wasn't a lot There's a lot of people that. that ESPN has invested money in that they haven't made money off of, right? And what I would say about that in general is there aren't very many Stephen A. Smiths or Scott Van Pelt's or Colin Cowherd's or Skip Bayless's. Whatever you may think about people like that, they're grinders, they work, and the company gets fabulously wealthy off of their grinding and their work. And you're always, as a company, trying to find that next generation of talent. And I'm not sure that ESPN's been able to do that. Now, I think they've got some talented people, but I would bet if I were, you know, kind of setting odds on where Katie Nolan's going to end up, I would bet a lot of money that she's going to be at, uh, at Dan Levitard's new company. Um, and, uh, and we'll see how that goes. I mean, 
Um, she had a lot of opportunities at Fox. She had a lot of opportunities at ESPN. I like her. She's, uh, she's smart. Um, but uh, finding that right fit um, is important no matter what you do. And uh, I think ESPN wants the Stephen A. Smiths of the world that they can have doing multi-platform shows, that they can build programs around. And, uh, again, I think talent like that is rare. And, uh, and I'm curious, sometimes people are better off just doing a podcast or just doing a 30-minute show or whatever it might be. Um, and so we'll see what ends up happening. Well, you mentioned Stephen A. Smith, Scott Van Pelt. I know other people in media that you appreciate and respect their work ethic and what they do and their talent. You're mentioning people of a certain age and a certain age group. Do you see it being a problem with younger people in media in terms of the grind, the talent level? I know you're always out there looking for talent. Is that something you find thought, harder to find? I thought when I started OutKick, I was 31 years old, I think, or 30-ish. I thought there would be a lot of 25-year-olds me, people who wanted to work really hard and also didn't need to have their hand held. One of the big challenges is how, finding people who are self-starters who will work hard and don't need to be managed from one minute to the next. Uh, and I thought that there would be a lot more people like me who were in that realm. I remember having this conversation with Cowherd. Podcasts are popular. And there's no doubt that's great. But podcasts, for the most part, are not live. And I've been arguing for a long time that just about everybody who has a successful radio show can do a podcast. I think a lot of people who have successful podcasts can't do radio because it's live, commercial breaks. you got to get in and out. You may have a guest show up. You may not. And um, I think there are a lot of people who want the sort of – like I'll give you an example. We started allowing writing submissions on OutKick, and somebody would write one good article, and they would say, okay, I'm ready to be full-time now. I worked for years making virtually no money writing and writing and writing before I got to the point where I was making any kind of significant money. And so I think there are a lot of people who want to do sports media until they recognize they might have to do sports media for years before they make real money. And I would, I would analogize it actually with football or, or coaching in that you talk to, I love to ask people who end up head coaches, hey, what was your first salary? Because they all remember it. And they're like, I made $6,000 uh, and I also had a part-time job where I had to stock Coke machines, right? I mean, like, they grind so hard to get the opportunity to one day be coaches, and I think people expect that sports media is easier than it is. Dude, go ahead, Chad. Well, and it's uh, – you talked about the work ethic and, and the talent. And, and, look, we're – OutKick's hiring right now. We've posted links, and we get messages from people. You know, we get people responding to those tweets saying, I'll do whatever. I'd love to come down. I love OutKick. Read everything you guys put out. Watch everything you guys do. You know, uh, I was in the Air Force, or I did this, and I did that, and I'd love this job. And I think most people come into a job and say, I'll do whatever. Yeah. But there's got to be a mix of I'll do whatever with I can do this. I'm very good at this. Well, I know I that just, I have an audience doing this, or I know that I can do it that. It doesn't make sense for me to give over my time right now to train somebody how to do something. Right. So the biggest challenge with that in general is, hey, I can either do the three-hour radio show that I have. I can write the 10,000 words that I write every week. I can do all of the promotional and business side work for OutKick. It doesn't make sense for me to have like a 22-year-old and try to teach them how to do the job. First of all, they may not be good. Secondly, they may not work hard enough. Third, 
it doesn't necessarily make sense. Like I've always had people who want to be my intern and I'm like, okay, well you basically just sit and watch what I do all day. <laughs> you know, like I don't like as if I'm going to somehow teach <laughs> them Chad's how to email. do something, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, I sit at a computer and I write like, there's nothing like what, what do you want me to do? This is a, this is a blank screen yeah. and I put words on it. And then uh, what do you do for your radio show? Well, I sit down and I talk into a mic for three hours and you can see and hear that. It's not a lot different than what it would sound like on the radio. How do you develop that? Well, you develop it not by watching somebody like me do it. You develop it by becoming, I think, capable of making strong arguments and refining your opinion, right? For me, law school is a great place to learn how to make an argument. It's also a great place to learn how to write. And I always say, you should write first because there's a reason people don't go television, radio to writing. There are a lot of people who can go writing radio to TV because writing is the foundation to me of any successful radio and TV person that I've ever known. Um, and, you know, I mean, I say a lot of people don't do it. I mean, if you get super famous, you can hire somebody to write a book for you, but you're not doing that yourself, right? Like the books that I've written, I've written every word for better or worse. That's on me. Um, and that's because writing is the foundation of everything that I do. Time to get rich, kids, with uh, Clay Travis, and we'll, we'll focus on the two games that the majority, if, if you're a sports fan, you're tuned in to see the result on Saturday and Sunday. Let's start with Saturday in Ole Miss, Alabama, where we'll be. Uh, this line opened at 21. I don't know if you grabbed Ole Miss then, no, but now I, it's at 14. I, I think it's at 14 and a half, which is a significant half point. I just checked FanDuel right before we came on, uh, and I love Ole Miss plus 14 and a half. Uh, I, I think that Lane Kiffin with a bye week, I think he's got maybe the best quarterback in the SEC. We saw that the Alabama defense didn't have any answers for that Ole Miss offense last year. I think they're better defensively this year. I'm not sold on Alabama being elite defensively. I think, look, Bryce Young is incredibly talented, but he hasn't played in what I would classify as a big game yet. Right. I know the Miss, uh, Miami game, they got up early and never really were challenged. So I think Ole Miss will be able to come in and throw some punches, and uh, I think they'll cover it. I think it'll be a close game. Uh, I'm going to be there in person, like you said. Uh, we hope people will hang out with us at Innisfree, uh, but I'm all over the Rebels plus 14. Oh, over under seven years, Lane Kiffin's at Ole Miss. Oh, way under. I mean, not because I think they fire him, just because I think if he has the con continues to have the success that he's having, there will be a lot of better coaching opportunities out there. Now – caveat here is if they expand the playoff to 12 then I think the desire to need to go to another job is not going to be as significant college basketball we've seen lots of successful guys stay at quote-unquote second tier jobs because you know you got the NCAA tournament and you can win a national championship Ole Miss has never won the SEC West they've never played in Atlanta but if you go to 12 the futility of Ole Miss's football history doesn't become an issue uh, as much and also the money is so significant everywhere maybe Lane wants to stay in Oxford I doubt it just because he's been a sort of a vagabond head coach where he's always gone for the bigger job but maybe at his age now of 46 or 47 that's changed an incredible offer from FanDuel by simply signing up if you haven't already for Sunday night football between New England and Tampa Bay uh, new users only here 25 to 1 odds on a touchdown to be scored in this game. This money. is not a money line bet. This is just for a touchdown to be scored. Either team scores one touchdown. You bet $5, which is the max bet on 25 to 1 odds. You're going to win 125 bucks through FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash OK360. 
FanDuel.com slash OK360. It's valid in all legal states where FanDuel operates. Uh, and you can see the, uh, the the offer there on the screen if you're listening on radio. Again, FanDuel.com slash OK360. I think I can do all those states. Colorado, There's 10, Iowa, right? Indiana, Illinois, West Virginia, Tennessee, Michigan, Virginia, uh, Pennsylvania, and uh, New Jersey. Who's plus next? Arizona. Who's next on that? I Florida? Think, I think Connecticut is, uh, is about to go live with online sports gambling. And uh, Florida, according to expectations in October, could start to take online bets. They're certainly going to be taking in-person bets by uh, by next month. Hard, hard to bet against the Bucks here, right? Uh, well, I think Brady, you know, wants to destroy Belichick. Um, we think that we think Bucks big Sunday. Well, I just I don't think that the uh, look watching the Patriots. I didn't think they played particularly well or looked that talented compared to the Saints. They were uh, I think they were better than the Dolphins. Uh, but sitting at one and two, coming off of a loss like the Bucks are, where they didn't feel like they played that well, uh, I, I think that the Bucks will win by double digits. Take the Bucks, and then uh, take, both gonna take, take Ole, Miss. Ole Miss. And if there's an over-under at Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, it's seven. Clay says, hammer that under, under seven years. I would, I would set the over-under at Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss at three in order to get decent action either way. Three years feels about right. What about the over-under of James Franklin at Penn State in 2022? <laughs> uh, I think – Look, USC already fired Clay Helton. I think their top target's going to be James Franklin. Um, and I think there's some possibility he could take that. I think it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the, uh, what happens with the Big Ten. You know, Iowa has a claim to be the best team. Penn State, Ohio State. Uh, I think certainly Michigan, which is undefeated going on the road against Wisconsin, has that claim. Uh, Maryland's undefeated right now going up against Iowa on Saturday. Uh, I think there are a lot of teams that if they look at the way the landscape's going, Michigan State, I think Mel Tucker, second best coaching job in the country right now behind Sam Pittman at Arkansas. I think there are a lot of Big Ten teams that feel like this can be our year, and uh, we'll see whether the odds makers are right and Ohio State is head and shoulders above everybody else. We will talk all things SEC football with Outkick the Tailgate, Saturday morning live at Innisfree, T-Town. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter for all the details, but we'll be live. If you're watching us live right now on YouTube or on Twitter, you can find the link by following us and Outkick. At 8 a.m., right? 8 a.m. Central, Central 9 a.m. Eastern, yep. 9 to noon Eastern, every Saturday morning, wherever we are. We know we're going to be in Tuscaloosa this week, College Station next week, and then we see what happens with the standings. But uh, this has been an outstanding trip weekly. Uh, and then you can also catch Clay on Big Noon Kickoff throughout the morning as Which well. Which is pretty cool. Matt Liner, Reggie Bush. Um, you know, I got a good life. If you told me when I was watching USC in Texas uh, as a kid, you know, 25, 26 years old, uh, that one day I would be on <laughs> a Fox or ESPN or anybody, college football pregame And Bob show. Stoops now, too. Bob Stoops, yeah. yeah. With Liner, with, uh, with Reggie Bush, with Bob Stoops, Brady Quinn, uh, a lot of superstar college football players and coaches. I would have said that's a crazy idea yeah here we are it's pretty awesome hitting the best sec games although nashville was the best sec city we could have been at last week the Trying game to hit was as not many that different great towns yeah. as we can yeah and then we can experience it uh friday night saturday morning and then hopefully hit some of these games we will be at the game uh saturday night between bama and old miss play we'll see you there all right awesome keep up the good work you enjoy six and peabody by the way this is a cool place 
Um, you know, I used to be, I'm looking strawberry cobbler moonshine sounds incredible right now. The apple uh, pie is not bad. I, I'm not a fan of apple pie, but the apple pie moonshine was really good. Yeah, you know, uh, I don't get downtown as much as I used to. I've got a studio for the radio show that I can use on Music Row, so I was filming some stuff for the Gutfeld show, so uh, I've been downtown all day, and uh, this is the first time I've gotten to come in and see the studio set up. It's pretty awesome. Thanks for swinging by. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good to see you. Clay Travis with us. He'll join us again Saturday for Outkick the Tailgate. PK jumps back in the seat. Time to talk uh, some Titans football from a perspective of a player who's no longer on the roster that is back in the NFL asking for a second chance. That's next on Outkick 360. 24-7 sports. I've I've sent a spreadsheet that they're working through right now. Um, They have charted plays per minute on average across college football. The results at the top really shouldn't surprise anybody, but I'll, I'm about to give those out. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. Yes, the Tennessee Volunteers are number one in the country at plays per minute. 2.99 on average. So we should just That's call it three. Let's call it three. Three plays per minute for Josh Heupel's offense. Ole Miss is third in the country at 2.93. So nearly the same pace as Josh Heupel. If you watch Tennessee during the Tennessee Power Hour, we're talking a lot of balls. If you watch them on a, a weekly basis, expect more of the, more or less the same. I think better pace, though, with Lane Kiffin's offense than what we've seen from Heupel. Well, uh, better production. Well, better production, but they also went into goal line and slowed things down against Louisville and went heavy package trying to run it in. Like, there, there is some mix and match to it when well, You're it's saying necessary. they change pace better. Yes. Now, since Hendon Hooker's been the quarterback at Tennessee – they have changed. They've slowed it down a little bit versus Joe Milton at times, and, and they have gone slightly different paces. E- Eli Drinkwitz, he had his press conference recently, and he was talking about Tennessee's offense, and he started by saying that they've got a good running game. And just kind of that was full stop. Did not talk about the passing game. Did not compliment them uh, in the passing game. But he also said it is clear that they have bought into what Josh Heupel wants to do offensively, that there, there's been no slow-developing – we don't know for sure about this or this is what we want to do, that the guys on offense know what they're doing and they've gone full steam ahead uh, with that pace. Now, as you get a quarterback that's more accurate, and I think Hendon Hooker, if healthy, could eventually be that quarterback. From what I've seen from Joe Milton so far, the guy throws it uh, 15 rows into the stands every time there's a deep ball. But Hendon Hooker could possibly be that quarterback. Once you get more of that, though, I think the sky's the limit for Tennessee offensively and what Josh Heupel will do. The guy's a good play caller. I don't know if he's a great head coach. I don't know if he's going to recruit the level of player that Tennessee needs to really compete in the SEC. But I feel pretty confident going into games that Tennessee's going to have a good offensive plan, and they've got a guy who can call plays on the fly and do a good job with it. Tennessee, Utah State, Ole Miss, Marshall, and Duke are your top five fastest offenses in terms of pace. Who's plotting? Um, Army. Army is last in the country. They run barely – Two plays per minute because they have to. Yeah, that's a smart way to go for them. One point seven. Funny, the but fastest also, wanted nothing to do with the slowest, given a chance to get out of that well, game. Think of Tennessee year. a year ago with Jim Chaney and Jeremy Pruitt. They would have been right there with Army as one of the slowest teams in oh, the country. Oh, sure. Yeah, they, they were, and I, I remember the numbers. They were bottom five or ten in least amount of plays and slowest play call. In the country. And we could have seen that game next and year. And now they're the fastest. If they stayed the same. That would have been something. No, it would be like a no play ball. <laughs> um, well, and that's, that's sort of the thing, right? If you're going to lose, at least put up some points and have some nice moments as you lose. That's probably going to be Tennessee football this year. Paul, the lazy panda, 
It's in his handle. Lazy. He's back. Uh, Isaiah Wilson is back uh, in the NFL in a practice squad with the Indianapolis Colts. Tweeted yeah. over the weekend he wanted a second chance. This was after – or it was on Instagram. When the this Colts is after he did the tryout. Him. Yeah, the Colts had looked at him. Look, they got a lot of former Titans up there. Dory Jackson, Logan Ryan, uh, Josh Kalou. Um, oh, is so, he with the Giants? Yeah. I'm sorry. With the, I thought it was the Giants. Colts. No, he tried out with the Colts, but signed with the Giants practice squad. So um, – Look, there, there is a lot of, I don't know, this is, uh, this is a Southern thing, maybe a lot of Titans-related folks that are like, hey, you know, second chance. It's not really second chance. It's yeah, the dude least, was with the Dolphins for three days. It's at least his third chance. They say, uh, you know, I hope he gets it together and figures out a way. <laughs> I, I've said this before. You know, I, I, I'll change it to my fandom. If it was a young guy who'd screwed over the Yankees, I wouldn't be particularly concerned with him making good of it. I'd hold the grudge, I'd resent him, and I wouldn't give a damn if he did anything. I'd actually kind of root against him because he screwed my team. So this I guy, don't understand. And I think that's fine in this sports world to have that emotion. I don't think you're some terrible person if you have bad feelings towards Isaiah Wilson. I think that's the nature of sports. So I don't understand why there's so much. Explain it to me. Why do so I, many people say, oh, I hope well, Isaiah I Wilson gets being, it together? They're just being polite for a guy who's I really think it's, screwed up. I also think it's people but, being dishonest. Um, I don't think a lot of people really feel that way. They just feel like it's the right thing is to it say. A bless his heart kind of thing? It's just they feel like it's the right thing. I really am rooting for Isaiah Wilson. Look, I don't want the guy's life to be in shambles. No, me neither. But I hope he I never care. does anything in the NFL after he screwed over the Titans, if you're a Titans fan. This, I mean, what, you don't get to be a first-round pick. And work over a franchise with four snaps, and then go somewhere else. And then those fans, I really hope Isaiah Wilson goes on to a great career now. No, hope his life is okay. I hope he sucks and doesn't ever play a down in the NFL. He's going to make ninety ninety seven hundred bucks a week. I think it is the the uh, practice squad money. That's not going to fund the yacht that, no, and that we saw him. Uh, you know, the raining it, uh, raining uh, money. He's off making of. how much a week? Ninety-seven hundred. That's a couple strippers for the yacht. Yeah, yeah but it's not the five million that uh, that he got coming into the league. This tells you everything you need to know. The, the Titans had Dennis Kelly, uh, Ben Jones, Roger Saffold on the roster last year, and they put Isaiah Wilson on a suspension list to where he wasn't allowed in the locker room around the team. They didn't want him in the locker room with veterans that could help him, that that claimed to be reaching out to him. They elected not to have him around. That's how much of a malcontent and how much they couldn't trust him. They'd rather send him back to Atlanta and let him smoke pot, walk, you know, driving around Atlanta and hit, hit yachts while the, the Titans are in playoff contention. Even in his post, his Instagram post, where he kind of talked about coming back and tries to put his best foot forward, one of the things he said is, uh, I, I forgive the people who didn't have faith in me or who, who abandoned me. What? Uh, yeah, so he forgives you, Chad. What? You feel better? Give me a break. It's like a papal blessing. I forgive the people that abandoned me. You abandoned them. He forgives you. I mean, I would hear Except that quote and I'd say, you know what, you're cut. Except Pope, the forgiveness. We're not, we're not even going to try this. Pope Panda that has one blessed quote. you, Chad. The panda forgives you, Chad. You should go home feeling much better about yourself. <laughs> the papal you're panda. All the things you said about him, he forgives you. Maybe we'll hear from his godmother like we did Pac-Man Jones. <laughs> oh, let's get those phones up and running. I would love to chat with her. I would love it. I would love for his godmother, Colin, to drop an F-bomb on the show, much like Pac-Man Jones' godmother <laughs> Let's did. line up all the godmothers. All I welcome them. all them of up. you. Come. Fun show today. Appreciate Clay swinging by 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. We are back at it tomorrow. Armando Salguero will be with us. Big SEC hour as well. 
Hope you'll join us across the Outkick Network. I urge you, don't block the box, do lock the locks.